Welcome to the audio weblog of the Hackberry House of Chosun. Today, Pyongyang to Seoul, world away. This is the story of Mrs. Kim, received firsthand in Seoul just weeks ago. It will sound somewhat familiar, but in heaven it is known individually and cherished with all the rest. If a sparrow doesn't fall unnoticed by the Heavenly Father, how much more these tragic ones of the human family are noticed and attended. Please add your prayers. Mrs. Kim, we will call her, gratefully acknowledged up front that she's learned a lot from the new underground university where she's a regular student. That's where we were headquartered uh, in Seoul this summer. Her experience in this Seoul-based training institute is a far cry from her beginnings. She was born in Pyongyang. Her father was a soldier. She had one brother and five sisters. She had an early longing to follow her father's line of work. In 1945, after Korea's independence from Japanese rule, her father easily transitioned into the Labor Party. Because of the dual protection of his service and his party membership, life was not all that difficult for the young girl. From 1972 to 1980, she actually was a part of the military and even gained an officer ranking. Mrs. Kim recalls that when she was young, Pyongyang was a fairly wealthy city. There was an abundance of seafood in the markets, along with all the other marks of prosperity there. But by the time she left the army, stores supplies had been depleted. Life was on its way down. After her military career, Mrs. Kim worked in a seafood market for five years. Three children were born to her during this time. And though the family prospered, her husband didn't want her to continue that extra job. But duty called from other directions. She was appointed by the government to be district administrator for her area of 35 families. She took care of them. And what that meant in actuality was that she reported their every activity to the party. We call that spying here. She was to see if anyone visited them, if anything unusual occurred. Extra spending was to be noted. Mrs. Kim was accorded much power in this way. She could, if she desired, get people sent away. Her neighbors, for whom she cared, became very nervous when seeing her in the neighborhood. Even by the middle of the 1980s, things were not so bad. But then came the electricity power outages, less rations. Hospitals started saying, you must buy your own antibiotics. When your children are sick, you've got to treat them on your own. Hospitals were powerless to help in any practical way. As part of her inspection, she went to every house, opened kettle lids. If she saw there was no grain at all, she reported this to the government. They'd be permitted to receive some grain. But by now, even she had no rations. She sold her belongings to receive corn. Then she ran out of food altogether. For three awful days, nothing. She slept on a cold floor. Unlike others, because of her official position, she couldn't run a secret business on the side. Far too risky. So she went to the countryside, cut plants, fed her children. But it made them sick. Their bodies swelled up. 
so much so that those trying to give her an injection couldn't find a blood vessel for entry. Her son went to the hospital for one month. He requested and was given a pill that helped him sleep for three days. He improved, but it took 20 days for the swelling to subside. Pyongyang citizens, because of their special placement near the seat of the government, were given candy and other delicacies from time to time. Well, they immediately would take it to the countryside, exchange it for corn. But from 1996, there was no ration whatever. Many, many others tried eating plants, but some plants were not meant to be eaten. People were getting skin disease as her son. The situation was worsening. Mrs. Kim finally realized she couldn't keep living like this. She asked her first daughter to go to the north and try to sell what they had. But the daughter was gone for a month. Now she had to go and find her. When asking for a pass to travel, she was denied because so many were seeking to go that direction all of a sudden. She grabbed her second daughter and went away. She gave her husband and son a food supply and promised to be back in a month. 30 kilograms of grain. She thought it would be enough. The train took 23 hours to get north on a normal day. Well, there are no normal days in that part of the world, and the trip took a full week because the electricity kept stopping. What an awful trip. Every time the train stopped, everyone attacked whatever market appeared. People snatched others' food. Kochebi, wandering youth with no home, were everywhere, stealing to survive. She saw a woman with a fire making a little rice. You have no house, she asked. No, we sold it to buy food. She saw 14, 15-year-olds, dirty and black, covered with thin blankets, women begging for food, Kochebi hanging onto the steps as they tried to travel. And she saw a lot more. Her first daughter, it turns out, went to China, and a trafficker sold her. She had to decide to go back to Pyongyang or go to China and look for her. She decided to go to China, over the Tumen River border. But while crossing, her hands slipped. Her daughter was somehow lost in the middle of the river. She cried out to whatever god there might be, Help me! Struggling for a while, they hit rocks on the China side of the bank. With some first aid, all arrived safe. But she decided to continue asking God for help. She went into the village with her daughter. Someone threw them a blanket. It was October. It was already cold. The food offered her was very hard for her to eat. She told whomever would listen that she came here to find her daughter. She gave out names. But her daughter couldn't be found with just a name as there were so many traffickers, so many victims. What could she do? She put an advertisement out. Even the person she had been talking to was a trafficker. He offered her a job as a housekeeper. Five North Korean women were there in the same house. The owner there was selling women. Next, she witnessed violence there during her stay. One young girl was violated. She realized she's got to move on. But when she went to the market and came back home, her second daughter had disappeared. Then they lied to her, saying that uh, she was just looking for her mother and had simply stepped out of the house. After a serious argument, she left. 
wandering around looking for her daughter, who was only 16 and very helpless. Every time she saw someone looking like her, she thought it was her. Since she had no place to stay now, she met a young girl, a citizen of the area, asked where she was from, told her she had no place to stay, and asked for asylum. The girl agreed. She stayed there three days, began to relax, came to her senses. How can I find my daughter? There is a neighbor who now visited, heard of the situation, and offered to solve it. Who's Chinese Korean? He offered marriage with the promise that as her husband he would find the two missing daughters. People listening to the proposal encouraged her to take it. She's got to do anything to find her daughter. She went ahead with the marital arrangement. Her new husband went to a house he knew of and immediately began to threaten the owner. This brought out some truth, but still the connection was not made. Three months later, there was communication back from her daughter. Her daughter had been sold to a 20-some-year-old man, but by this time she was nearly crazy and wanted to go home. No one could tame her, so they left her at his grandmother's house. The new husband took money there to buy her back. Now, some Chinese people buy North Korean women married to Korean Chinese and sell them to Mongolians in need of this commodity. In fact, this is what had happened to daughter number two. She'd been threatened. If you scream, I'll kill you. She resisted and tried to fight. Next door, police were called. An arrest was made. And all who belonged there were sent back to North Korea. Even Mom, who managed to get to the scene of all this madness. But Mom escaped from North Korea three days later. Mrs. Kim went back to her new husband. And the second daughter escaped only a few months later. And then kidnapped again. This time, traffickers tried to sell her to Inner Mongolia, but they were all arrested by Chinese police and sent to North Korea yet again. She went to a North Korean prison. Once more, an escape. She walked across the country to where her sister lived, back to the Tumen River, moved out of the border area to a somewhat safer area in China. She advertised in a magazine that so-and-so mom is looking for daughter so-and-so. One year later, the match was made again. She had found her first daughter. Then she heard news that her son had arrived from North Korea, and he actually crossed over in another year. All children were found, so she decided to come to South Korea via that long route of thousands of miles that so many have taken. It was in Cambodia that Mrs. Kim began seriously reading her Bible. She wanted to learn more about the Lord. Though she had had some bad incidents in the South Korean church. She started coming to the underground university where she is now, met up with others of like values and backgrounds, and her life has taken off from there. Her daughter came to Christ in China. People want to know what happened to that first husband. Well, the food ran out. He couldn't eat. He couldn't work. He was sent to a re-education center. He starved to death in a year. Her son was a Kochabi for six years. Her second husband was affiliated with the gangs of North Korea and could not be considered the father of her children. He had agendas of his own and stayed behind. Her future? She definitely wants to go back to North Korea when it opens. Mrs. Kim's story has been heard by the United States Senate. It's a well-known story, but it's an unfinished tale. Though she appears bright and cheerful and Christ is making his mark on her life, 
Won't you take some time to pray for all the scars left by this horrid way of life to be healed? Some memories take a long time to go away and will need help from the grace of God. Thank you for listening today. For a written copy of what you've just heard, would you go to my home page here at Sermon Audio? From the main page, just type in Tosun or Hackberry at the top where it says Find. Click on the link that comes up and then click on Weblog. Also on that page, you'll be able to access all my written and audio Bible teachings and information about North Korea. Please pray with me that God will have his way in North Korea and in our lives too. Amen. God bless you.